it's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with me, Chucky G, and the wonderful, lovely Miss Karen Frazier. Good evening. And, of course, we can never forget, I always, I don't say this, and I need to say this, and the lovely Cheryl Knight. That's right. That's That's right. right. I got to throw them both in there because I'm always saying Karen, I always leave poor Cheryl out. So we've covered it now. So what's up, ladies? Thank you. Thank you. Nothing. Nothing. Well, that sounds like a whole lot of nothing. Nothing Isn't for a whole it exciting? Lot of it's like 100 degrees here today, so it's very hot. Holy crap. Hundred? De- Are you sure it's really 100 degrees? What is it, Jim? It only got to 98. Oh, it only got to 98 today. It's supposed to be 102 on the 4th of July, though, so that should be fun. See, it's 98. That's Jim. He's our weatherman for the show. Um, and it's 98 degrees in Washington. Right now in uh, the Illinois state, I think it's around, I don't know, 70s. So how about oh, you, Cheryl? Oh, man. It was about, it was, we, we had a heat, heat wave, and now it's about 80s. Eight, did you have 80, did you 81? have a heat wave? A we tropical did. heat wave. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing though. We yeah. have air conditioning, so I mm-hmm. can go from air conditioned house to air conditioned car to air conditioned store yeah. and stuff, <laughs> but that walk through the parking lot is hell. <laughs> We're gonna have to get you a climate controlled suit that way you can just stay air conditioned all the time. <laughs> Be like an astronaut. <laughs> yeah, really it's this big thing in the back. You're walking around, what the hell's that lady got on her back? It's my air conditioning. It's Leave my me alone. Personal, it's my personal climate control center. Hell yeah. So tonight we have, a, I guess, a, a, the guest would be a Miss Barb. Barb Shoop. Is it Barb or Barbara? The show used to be called Barb or Barbara. I said Barb Shoop. I do not know. Barb Shoop. She Big comes highly witness. recommended from Patty. Yeah, Bigfoot witness and evidence collector. And she also has to show, which I was checking out yesterday, Squatch It with Barb and Gabby. I wonder if she's going to bring Gabby on. He could bark a little. I don't know if it's a he or a she, but, you know, it's a dog. I don't know. My dogs are a regular part of this show. There you go. We can bring Gabby on, too. We can just have a bark fest. We can just sit back while the dogs bark for the whole show, folks. Wouldn't that be lovely? Two hours of barking time. <laughs> Cheryl's like, no way. Shut the hell up. <laughs> All right, fine. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to um, asking some questions about, you know, I mean, because things are always changing in the world of the Sasquatch. So I kind of, and we're not going to ask the question that we talked about last week either, Karen, are we? No. I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. There you go. Good girl. No, actually, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's good, because Cheryl did. That's why she's shaking her Shaking her head, no. You know, She's like, Chuck, don't antagonize and bring it. Stuff, yeah, yes. here, here's what I've got to tell you guys. Stuff happens mm-hmm. on the show, and I just shake it off. Just shake it off, guys. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Shake I, it off. I shake it off, too, occasionally. But That's not what I meant. I'm sorry. I thought that's what we were talking about. Like water off a duck's back. Is that dirty, too? Did you say duck's ass or duck's back? Like water off a duck's back. Oh, okay. I never it's heard It's an expression. I never heard that expression. Have you heard the expression slap me and call me Susan? <laughs> no, I've never heard that one either. Where do you get mm-hmm. these things from? The 50s? What is that? That's the bee's knees. 23 skidoo. <laughs> scooby doo 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 Look at that, folks. We're going back to the 50s. Wow, that's really cool. It's not really in- it's inspiring and inciting, Karen. That's groovy moon doggy. 
<laughs> cool. We're just cool cats. Every little West Side Story. You know, now. that's so funny. Tanner and I were talking about West Side Story today, and we thought that they should reset it into Whole Foods and have the sharks be the vegans and the jets be the paleo people. <laughs> Walking through the aisle, snapping. The vegans are here. <laughs> Wow! There you go, folks. There's a visual you'll never ruin the whole West Side Story for me now. Come on, don't you think that the, at, at Whole Foods the vegans and the paleo people want to rumble? Of course they do. Cheryl's nodding. Of course they do. Rumble in the grocery store. Yeah. Cheryl, you know, you've never been to a Whole Foods, so you don't understand. Have no. you been to a Whole Foods, Jack? No, I've never been. Cheryl, have you been to Whole Foods? Yes. Is it not? Can you not picture the vegans and the the vegans and the paleo people? It's this really overpriced grocery store with full of crunchy, crunchy people who are very proud of their diets. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I shot the Walmart, so I don't know what it is. I went in there by mistake. I just see people. Did you walk in and think, "Oh my God, why would somebody <laughs> charge this much for rice?" Yeah, I thought, "Why in the hell did I ever think this was a good idea?" They is have really, bad? they have really good meat there. Which is why the vegans would yeah. want to fight me. Yeah. Uh-huh. I see. No, I, I, I just, the, that's all I do. I, I see weird people, like people with their pants half down, like plumber's cracks and, you know, or people that don't have hardly any clothes on that should probably be really covered up. But um. You know, when West Side Story comes out and it's called Whole Foods Story and it is vegans versus paleos, you guys are going to know that it was my idea. Okay. Yeah. So which side should I be on? Um, uh, do you eat meat or are you a vegan? <laughs> I eat meat. I'm a carnivore. I'm I a can see both sides. I was a vegan. Okay. Once, long time ago. All right. And now I'm paleo. Oh. So I might be like one of the couple that falls in love with the person from the other side or something. Ooh. And in love this. Tonight, tonight, I'll kiss my vegan tonight. Ooh, a little rubbing of some veggies and some meat going on. Wow, wow. And once again, the show has taken a turn that no one could have expected. <laughs> well, that's okay. But guess what? I For the news tonight, I have some really crazy ones for you. And I know it has nothing to do with any man's parts either, so don't worry about it. I'm again, sorry. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That's good. Just shake keep, it just, off. Just keep rolling. Yeah, well, that's right. Off. Shake it off is dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's not. It's dirt on it. You guys did it when they go to the bathroom. It's not dirty. It's something we do. Is they, yeah, okay? All right, good. Okay. Cheryl, uh, it's that time. Maybe. When the world gets weird and things don't make any sense, it's news of the strange and the odd. Well, we definitely got the strange part covered this evening. Okay, so my first one, of course, is came from Fox 12 News in Oregon. It's just a staff article, but <laughs> I found this really creepy, so I'm just going to share this with you. Police are investigating after some kids found an eyeball near the Gresham Station Shopping Center Thursday night. Yes. Mm-hmm. I heard some, about that. Yeah, some police say the eye was found inside a transparent medicine bottle in the parking lot near Red Robin. Mm, let's get a hamburger. They said it looks like a real eyeball, and but it's unclear if it's animal or 
more human. The bottle was next to a pair of shattered eyeglasses, shower gel, and a lighter. Yeah, because the animals were wearing eyeglasses. Uh, Brittany Hancock works at Red Robin and said a group of kids on a scavenger hunt for a birthday f- party found it. They alerted the restaurant workers who called police. police I said think they, they have, should have won the scavenger hunt for that. I know, just to find an eyeball. Uh, police said they have not received reports of a missing eyeball yet. In the meantime, the eye has been taken to the medical examiners to figure out where it came from. Well, I'm, I'm sure it came from someone's head, whether it's an animal or a uh, human, right? I don't know. That's pretty creepy if you ask uh, me. Yeah. When they say, I'm not sure if it's an animal or a human, but then they say it's got a pair of shattered eyeglasses, shower gel, and a lighter. I don't know where the shower gel and the lighter came in, but the eyeglasses, eyeball, I, I don't know. I just think there's kind of correlation here. Somebody, think? some poor person... Who uses sh- yeah. is is looking for shower gel? Probably smells bad now because they can't take a shower, and they have no depth perception because. I know. I mean, she could have went back eyeball. and Robin. There could have been a guy trying to use hamburger and it's smacking him in the face. I'm like, that's the guy. He's missing an eyeball. Look at that. He's got hamburger all over his face. Red Robin, where we'll keep it, an eye well, out for you. There you go. Now we're gonna get sued. That's Sorry. that's their new slogan. No, that we'll keep what? an eye out for you. <laughs> I like that slogan. That's really good. Okay, my second one comes from the Huffington Post by Mr. Ryan Ginoble. Runaway saw blade rolls down the highway, slices truck, narrowly missing the driver. I had that dream once. Go on. This, yeah, this is like everything from Final Destination all wrapped into one, okay? A man in China narrowly survived the bizarre accident last week in which a giant circular saw Blade fell off the back of a truck on the expressway, then cut a deep gash into his vehicle, narrowly missing him. The man identified by the telegraph only as Mr. Zhang said he heard a crash when a truck in the opposite lane lost control, dislodging its cargo of several pearly secured circular saw blades that were five feet in diameter. That is five feet in diameter. Those are big saw blades, dude. One of those blades rolling onto the highway past the brush on the median, picked up speed, and it barreling toward Mr. Zhang's truck. He goes, I just heard a bang, and then I saw this white smoke in front of me. Um, he almost lost control of the car. The runaway blade diced about 20 inches through the hood of the truck, lodging itself in the engine, perilously close to the driver's seat. Police told the South China Morning Post the other driver didn't realize the saw blade had been dislodged and caused an accident. Thankfully, Zhang was unhurt in the accident, although a bit quite shaken. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you secure your load. I mean, come on. Don't you ever, like, when you're driving down the road on the highway, and I, I see someone like those metal poles on the back or something, I always want to, like, go into the other lane. I well, it's out here we have a lot of logging because we are in the Wild West, as oh. you know. Yes, and um, so we have the big logging trucks, and I always worry that those logs are going to – because they're just tied on with like – I mean, it looks like they're tied on with silly string or something. Yes, you know? I know. It's like I'm just waiting for them just to like, – you Well, know, we I- had – I worked at a chiropractor's office for many years, and we had a couple come in who had been in an accident where that's exactly what had happened is that all of the logs had come off of a truck and mm-hmm. just obliterated their car. They were lucky to be alive. Scary. Yeah. That happened in Final Destination too, man. Those rogs, the rogs, the rogs, the logs rolled off and just rock like, roll rocks. Rogs. All right, Ruby. Right, I'm gonna go into Scooby Doo now. Okay. <laughs> All right, easy, Scooby. All right. Uh, so, anyways, the last one, which is kind of interesting, uh, you know, Stephen Hawking's. We all know him. Warns of the rise of the robots. 
That is correct. Pretty soon it's all over for us human beings. Stephen Hawking believes that intelligent robots could be on course to destroy human civilization. This comes from uh, Mr. James Maynard of the Tech Times. Speaking at the 2015 conference in London this week, the celebrated, uh, uh, I say psychist, physicist. I want to say psychist, it's physicist, maintained that our species is in danger of being superseded by machines more intelligent than ourselves. With more and more technology companies working on artificial intelligence for use in self-driving cars, virtual assistants, and even weapons. Hawking believes we are moving even closer to a world in which the human brain will simply be outclassed by the self-perpetuating genius of intelligent machines. Which is exactly why I got rid of my Roomba. I know. Oh, yeah, I've heard some bad things about those. Computers will overtake humans with AI at some point within the next 100 years, he says. I know. We need to make sure the computers have goals aligned with ours. The concept of a future overrun by entire artificial intelligence is nothing new. It's been, you know, m- movies like The Matrix, Terminator. I'll be back. Back at the beginning of the year, Hawking's got together with a space entrepreneur, Elon, Elon Musk, to sign an open letter detailing the dangers of intelligent machines and call for better controls and communication between companies to stop smart computers from getting out of control. But that well, just keeps honest people honest. An evil, evil genius is going to do what an evil genius does. Well, yeah, he's going to just take all the stuff and go, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether it will be enough to prevent an AI fueled apocalypse, however, remains to be seen. So there you go. That's the news. Uh, so wait, now Stephen Hawking is predicting the uh, apocalypse. The, um, the who, what? The apocalypse. Yes. So first the Mayans. Well, first it was R two Y two K. Then it was that. Then it was that religious sect. Yeah, and then it was the Mayans, and now yep. it's Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. They're getting more credible as they go along. I know they're getting some serious backing for this apocalyptic stuff, folks. That's some, next yeah. Thing you know, next thing you know, it's gonna be Zach Bagans, and it's, that's when it really becomes real. When Zach Bagans says robots yes. are taking over the world, yeah. Especially when he shouts, "Robots are going to take over the world!" My God, they're taking over the world. Did you hear that? On. I know it's crazy. Um, so, but yeah, I mean that's some, some pretty weird stuff. We go from eyeballs to uh, hacking saws to killer robots. I mean, come on, that was, some, that was some excellent variety this evening, Chuck. I what? am going to give yeah. you a slow clap. Whoa! I've never had a slow. I never had a slow clap before. Well, now you've had a slow clap. It feels good. Thank you very much. Right. So yesterday, yes. we missed, or Monday, I guess, whatever day it was, we missed yeah. you. You missed Cheryl me? and I had the most fun on an interview that we're going to play on the 19th. I was no, so next, sad. I mean, I was week. happy that you had a good time, but I was so sad when I read. Oh, we laughed. We cried, didn't we, Cheryl? <laughs> the 9th. The 9th next week. Dang it. Um, we'll do it. Uh, on the 9th. Yep. Why not love to be on that show? Uh, because no, you're you guys... going to be on the show. Oh, you're going be to there. be on the show. Otherwise, this was going to be our last show before we took some time off. But we're giving you one extra show, chock full of paranormal goodness. And it's great because it's Steve and Amy from The Dead Files. And we got some interest. I mean, we did. We laughed. We had a good time with them. Yeah. And um, we learned that a show an up, on an upcoming show, Steve yeah. was stunned by a scorpion. Really? Yeah. I want to hear about this. See, I should have told you at least tell them that I said hi because I really wanted to talk to those people. I really think they're cool. Oh, uh, well, they, they are cool and they're, they're a lot of fun. Nice. And, you know, they very both nice. come across as so serious on the show. Mm-hmm. And just really, let's face it, killjoys. And they're not. They're, they're a lot of fun they to talk are, to. Yep. You wouldn't think they'd have a huge sense of humor by the show, and they do. So They totally do, yeah. We had a good time. 
and that's you know awesome. you so were missed. So that's next week's show. Is that is yes? That it, it is week? next week. Uh-huh. Yeah, you were missed because you wouldn't play hooky from work. I know. Well, I, you know, I wanted to, but then I looked at the schedule and I was like, if if I don't show up, they have like three people for like the whole. Because you know they cut down. I our, know that was really all, nice. I know they cut down all the hours on people, and it's running a real thin uh, ship right now because of you know payroll and all. You know, so I looked and I was like, I I can't in good conscience do that as much as that, I wanted to. That's very uh, responsible and upstanding mm-hmm. of you, Chuck. I know what's wrong with me. What the hell is wrong with me? I should have just been a rebel and said, screw it. I'm going to talk to Stephen Amy. As my own boss, I can schedule these kinds of things. So yeah, I wish I was my own but boss. At least they're going to be on the show. And again, it was just it was a fun interview. Uh, they gave us some good information. Cheryl and I asked him some burning questions. You know, it was good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now I'll be able to listen to it. We'll do, we'll do our talking and we'll play it, and we can listen while the show. We'll have done. to shh and actually listen then, instead of you know. Usually when we have a pre-record, we have we intend to listen, but we wind up gabbing <laughs> while the show is playing for yes. everybody else. Yes, that has been known to happen in the past. I'm pretty sure it has happened. Yes, but that's okay. We'll we'll listen to it. And we'll see what's uh, what's yeah. what with Stephen Amy. Yes. I think it's cool. Now, and now after that, now we're we're off for like uh, what two week weeks? Or, two two weeks. weeks. I have two weeks of freedom. You're going, going to miss me so much. Oh no! I'll be calling you all the time. He, he's going to cry, Cheryl. He's going to miss. Us. I see his eyes tearing up right I, now. I, I know his little lip is quivering. <laughs> like Spike, my dog Spike's lip quivers when he wants you to throw the ball for him. I don't understand why I can't do the show. I don't understand. <laughs> All right, fine, whatever. I'll just be a man about it. So you have big plans for the fourth? Um, yeah, I'm going to my friend. Um, my friend Bill uh, invited me out, Mr. Bill Gulick. He invited me out to his house to uh, partake in some food and some playing some bags and maybe having a beer. And you know, uh, he's from uh, his his brother is well, was my best friend when we were kids, and uh, we just started to rehook up because they live out here by me. And he is his brother, and he lives out in like Manuka, which is not far from me. So we all just kind of like rehooked up, and he keeps inviting me out. So I keep going because I have a good time. So it's it's nice. It's so place for me to go where i can get out of this darn basement good cheryl big plans no no big plans is chad Um, role-playing so you have to sit home and wait (laughs) like you did on your birthday no he is not we're just gonna hang out here as far as i know we've got no plans usually uh we would hang with my family but since we moved we'll just hang here and have our own party cool there you go there little you go. party, little party with some chemical waste going on. Uh, 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 uh. And does anybody have plans to wear only red, white, and blue clothing? No, nope. I never do that. Why would no. you? Do? No, no. I don't know. I just I think some people do it. Tanner and I went into Pier One today, um, and it looked like Uncle Sam threw up the Fourth of July in there. Did you say Pier One? Yes, I love that store. Well, oh my God, holy jingoistic crap, baby. There was red, white, and blue and sparklers. There was a red, white, and blue owl. Stuffed owl. Yeah. I mean, it just, every, (laughs) No, I mean, I I love my country and I love red, white, and blue and all that, but that's a little overkill, don't you think? It's it's a little much. It's a little much for me. I just, you know, I, I don't wear all red, white, and blue because they're really not my colors. Yeah. Yeah, I I must look fabulous. You must look fabulous. I don't know what I'm going to wear. I'm just going to wear something, whatever. Cut off sleeves, you know, the normal. <laughs> <laughs> Cut off sleeves, maybe some shorts, you know, the normal Chuck Chuck wear. We call it. We call it Chuck wear. You're not gonna. You're not gonna go all rock flag and eagle, huh? 
No. Uh-uh. Rock flag no. and eagle. You've no. probably never seen that. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Rock I've seen the show like one time. Oh. Um, you don't find it funny? You haven't watched it enough then because it's freaking hilarious. I watched it once or twice, but that's about it. It is twisted, dirty, and wrong. You know, by the way, uh, Jessica P., my, my, my good buddy, is in the chat. Jess. They had, they Hi, had, Jess. They had Canada Day. Hi, cool. Jess. Happy Canada Day, whenever that so, was. We, we ugly Americans don't know anything except American I know. culture. I, I, I text her on the time, like, what the heck is Canada Day? She goes, it's like your 4th of July. like the 4th of July. Oh, okay. Well, I do know that Bastille Day is coming up. Um, uh, what the what the Bastille Day? Uh, all right, explain. France, France. Oh, when they stormed they, the Bastille. It's July twelfth, I think. It's, all right, whatever. I can. I know the French national anthem. Uh, I can sing the whole thing. Yeah, France. I can also sing Mister Touchdown in French. That's we will, we will, Monsieur Kellyanne. Do you know that you one year I was actually in France on Bastille Day? Was it was it fun? I mean, do they do fun stuff? Oh yeah, it's it's like they shoot it's like, like muskets into the air and stuff. Yeah, well, no, well, I didn't see oh, that. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> they very the, well might, but well, if, if they shot them in the air, and then the musket balls would come back down, hit you in the head. That would hurt. Yeah, because they can't go that far. That know, would not musket be good. Balls. <laughs> so the, the French know how to party, is what you're saying? It, yeah, they do. Well, that's exciting. That is very exciting. Hey, uh, real quickly, I wanted to send a shout out to our good friend Patty Valdez because her dog died today. Oh, she's very sad. She's had this sorry. dog for many, many years. Her dog Luna. So we're sorry, Patty. We love you. Yes, but she's not gone. She's still with you. She's with That's you. That's right. That's right. That's right. My dog Peanut, who's been dead for I don't know, like many years now, five, six years. So uh, Still, still comes to me in dreams, like mm. several times a month. And it's always so nice. And then Aww. I wake up and it's like, oh, Peanut's not here. So we're sorry, Patty. I, you know, people love their pets, and um, yeah, I have pets. You know. I like my pets too. I don't have any pets now, though. It's just me, myself, and I. All three of us over here. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Pets are pets are important. Pets are important companions to some people. Not everybody likes pets, but you know, four dogs and a cat. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you're on the liking pet list. Actually, Somebody, I hate them. Hate them all. Cheryl, do you have pets? I never asked that. No, we do not have any pets. Um, we have not had very many pets over the years. We've had some fish. We had a hamster once. A oh. hamster? Yeah, that's about it. I think it. Chad's kind of your pet. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's a good assessment. I think so, too. Oh, yeah. wait, he's listening. Well, Uh-oh. Well, of course he is. Well, and then, you know, I, I actually, even though it's four dogs and one cat, this is kind of my crazy cat lady starter kit. I'm getting a jump start on it. Mm-hmm. Getting used to all that hair being in everything and on everything and being around so that when I actually decide to dive into the whole crazy cat lady thing 100%, I already have a little bit of a taste of what that will be like. But don't crazy cat ladies have like a thousand cats or something like that? Like, I mean, just. Yeah, uh, that's my plan. Mewing and peeing on everything. Yeah, that's my plan. Oh, Karen. And I'm no. going to wear a cardigan sweater with a with a tissue rolled up in the sleeve. I've, I've told you my plans <laughs> to be a crazy cat lady before. And I'm, I'm going to wear a wig that's askew and lipstick that goes outside of my lips. And I'm going to wear skirts with knee highs that always, knee high nylons that always show underneath the skirts and sort of bag around my ankles. Did you already say wow. you're going to have blue hair? Wow. Yeah, well, I'm going to have a butterscotch stuck in my hair, and I'm always going <laughs> to offer people butterscotches, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is wrong in so many levels right there, folks. It's my future. Uh, I'm going to try to stay young and virile, for, virile forever. Well, it's going to be like when I'm 95. 
Oh, yeah. Well, when you're 95, you don't really care, right? You when my kids have grown up and no longer... Why, I don't care if I'm peeing in my pants when I'm 95. Who cares? When my kids have grown up and they no longer, you know, need me to pay for college and stuff anymore, so they don't really care about me, so they never visit me and, and you know... Yeah. 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 And oh, if I outlive Jim, yeah. Crazy okay. cat lady. And I, I forgot to tell you this, that... Uh, uh, also, that um, Jess is sending me some stuff from Canada, some goodies. I'm getting some. Pa- I have some packages. Oh, I see. Is it some- maple syrup? Uh, Cheryl no. has an announcement. No, she sewed me something and some other stuff too. It's cool. Oh, yes. All right, Cheryl, go. I have an announcement. Our good friend Jack Kenna is going to be on Paranormal Survivor, so please watch that this Sunday. Ooh, What's Mrs. Paranormal Survivor? Is it like Naked Paranormal or something? What's Paranormal Survivor? <laughs> <laughs> always go for the naked right away. No, because remember they were doing that. They were going to do that show, and they were soliciting everybody to be naked and paranormal. Anyway, what's Paranormal Survivor? I don't know that one. All right, let's see. I'm looking it up right now. We have three minutes. Yes, we do. Uh, it's a it's a it's a series of stories. Okay. Oh sure, take forever to refresh IMDb. All right. Yes, I know. Can you believe it? Um, it's a series that brings to life the stories of people who have lived through paranormal experiences that defy explanation. No, that's Paranormal Witness. Wrong story. Well, shoot. Where'd it go? I just had it up on my... Is that the we're, same we're show? Well, 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 no, it's a different show. Let's do this. Let's go to break. And at the end I of the show, you can Darn you can it. have the right... I'll have the right the right info. description. Yeah. yeah. Pulled, up, pulled up the wrong show on me. How dare you. We are so on the ball around here. Oh, we're awesome. Lucky, lucky Barb Bigfoot is going to love us, right? Oh, here uh, here oh, it says. Here it says. I know. Isn't that perfect? Paranormal per- Survivor will take you through terrifying real life encounters with the supernatural. Okay. That's even cooler. Yeah. Terrifying real life encounters with the supernatural. All right. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to Watch put that it. on our calendars. Right. What channel is it on? Well, I do not know that information. I am prepared. Prepared. That's okay. Fine. All right. So let's do this. Let's go to break. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk some Bigfoot. It's so exciting. We're talking about something other than ghosts. And I'm looking forward to that. Okay. So s- stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. We will be right back. You are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Hey everyone, it's me, Chucky G, and I'm here with Karen Fraser. I'd like to invite you to join us on Hazy Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern for Paranormal Underground Radio. In the Dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G. We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing guests. So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on hazyradio.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. 
There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you, too, can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com, or you can visit my website at authorkarenfraser.com. Babies, you got to just roll with that flow. Yeah, right into the great daylight as the sun rises right there in your heart. Starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon, you've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby. That's right. You gotta know, you gotta get in the flow. The Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, Hazy Radio listeners. Do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Ahrens every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Life in the Universe with Madeline Rudy, discussing paranormal happenings in everyday life with psychics, healers, and intuitives from all over the world. Call in to receive healing energy and balancing. Learn how to create the most fulfilling life possible from healers, intuitives, and life coaches to help you move along your path in life. That's Life in the Universe every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Only on the Hazy Radio Network. Hello, this is Patty Valdez with South Sound Paranormal Research, and you're listening to Chucky G and Karen Frazier on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Well, I just repeat all that, but you already know what you're listening to. Paranormal Underground Radio, In the Dark, Hazy Radio Network, Chuck E. G. and Karen. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Tonight. We are not talking about ghosts. We are not talking about psychics. Tonight, we're talking about Sasquatch. And we have a very special guest to talk about that with us, Miss Barb Shoup, Bigfoot Witness and Evidence Collector. Good evening, Barb. Hello. Hello. Yes, Karen, you have your... So, your, your so Bigfoot, Bigfoot Witness? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Please, please tell. 
<laughs> well, uh, my first experience that I had visual contact with one was right here in my yard. Uh, my cabin is kind of tucked away in the woods. Uh, one day about 10 years ago, I was outside about 2.30 in the afternoon, and I saw this black ball of fur fall from the top of one of the trees over my cabin. It came down, hit a limb on one tree, uh, propelled itself from that limb over the roof of my cabin to another tree where it hit another limb, went back over the roof of the cabin to the corner of the porch roof, and from there it was just gone from sight. That was my first experience. It could, like, it sort of, like, made itself fly a little bit because it was strong, or is your cabin really tiny? I think it was just pushing itself off of the limbs. Uh, The entire time it was in view, it stayed in a balled-up form, so I never saw the arms or legs extend out from it. Mm -hmm. I think it was just uh, using its hands and feet to push off. Uh, like a ninja. <laughs> well, what, well, I mean, I always think of Bigfoots as being pretty big. That's why they got the well, big Well, they don't parts. start out big. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so this, this might have been a young... Three of my four sightings have been from the youngsters. Okay, okay we'll I... keep going on the sightings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was the first time about ten years ago. And the second time would have been, uh, let's see, November 1st, 2012. Uh, Gabby, my dog, and I were up hiking up on the hill behind the cabin here. And we had made the hike. We were going up to the top of the mountain that day. And we got almost to the top. We stopped to take a little break. And I started hearing some strange talking. It was really bizarre sounding. And, and I'm, at first I was thinking, you know, that maybe there were some hunters down below me. And it got a little bit louder. Not like it was getting closer, but just more excited. And then I realized it wasn't English. And it got a little louder again, and then I realized it wasn't any language I'd ever heard before. So at that point, I'm starting to think of, you know, every horror movie I'd ever seen with mutants and and things like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I got my knocking sticks out of my backpack, gave them a whack, and everything just went completely silent. So we sat there for a few more minutes and listened, and... uh, uh, it figured it was time to get going, so I went to put my sticks back in my bag, and, and I thought, well, one more time for good measure. So I gave him another whack. And immediately from directly behind me, I heard this deep growl grunt, and the brush was so thick that I couldn't see more than just a foot or two into it. And so at that point, I'm still not even thinking Bigfoot. I'm thinking bear or something. So, mm-hmm. okay, well, let's get on up to the top of the hill. So we got up there and, and you know, enjoyed the view and... and uh, hung out for a little bit and, and knew it was getting late in the day, so we decided to start back down the hill. So we got about halfway back down, and I hear this really loud human-like whistle from the trail right beside me, and I look, and, and at this part of the trail, it's pretty open. There's nothing there. And immediately there's another whistle from just below me, just down the trail, and there's nobody down there either. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's kind of weird. You know, I'm thinking, well, maybe elk, elk whistle, not like that usually, but they can whistle. So I didn't think a whole lot more of it and kept on hiking down the trail. And we, we got down to where the trail comes onto a logging road. And we turned and started going that way and, and uh, went around a little bend in the road. And sure enough, there was a couple of elk standing there. So I said, okay, well, that's what it was. It was a couple of elk. So we went on down around the next switch back. And I looked up, and there was the whole herd standing there on the side of the hill. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. There's the elk. So we kept walking, and it was maybe just another 100 feet or so that I heard all this crashing behind me. 
And I turned and I looked, and here come the whole herd of elk down off the hill and, and over the road and uh, through the woods on my left. And just as they went by, I saw something behind them, and I kind of focused in on it and thought, Gorilla? We don't have, oh, my God, it's Bigfoot. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, that was the big one. He was, uh, I would estimate it somewhere between uh, 9 and 10 feet tall. Whoa, uh, Whoa my gosh. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was big. Most of, it was part. most, yeah. It was it was mm-hmm. mostly hidden behind the last leaves of of a vine maple tree, but I could see it from the shoulders up very clearly. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it it appeared to be completely focused on the elk. It continued moving in the same path that they went, as though it was following them. And it got to the edge of the leaves, and I'm watching it, and I'm waiting to see it come out, and I'm going to see the whole body. But when it got to the edge of the leaves, it just wasn't there anymore. So Gabby and I stood there for probably 10 minutes staring at that spot, trying to figure out what happened. And when I finally looked down at her, she was right next to me staring at the same spot I was. So I know she saw it, too. But, uh, yeah, we weren't really too sure about where it went. But at that point, it was getting kind of dark, so we uh, went ahead and left, went back to the cabin. Uh-huh. What, 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 like you said, you saw it from the like, chest up. So what did it what it, what were it were its facial features? I mean, could you describe? Um, what you well, saw? it had very pale skin on its face. It had jet black hair that grew away from the face, but it really didn't have any hair on the face. Okay, it was just real pale skin. A huge, massive jaw, kind of a, a flat uh, nose, ape-like nose and mouth, and mm-hmm. uh, very deep-set dark eyes. A really heavy brow ridge. And where we have a forehead above our brow, you know, that goes straight up, this, it went straight back. And it had, like, these bony ridges going up the side of the head that in between, it it gave it, made it look like it was almost sunken in, in between, right over the eyes. Oh, wow. And then uh, it, just this huge cone and uh, no neck, the head seemed to come right out of the shoulders, and uh, it was big. Wow. <laughs> it was big. So it looked like a lot of the the renderings that you see when people draw the pictures of it. Then, oh yeah, there there was no doubt about what it was. You know, once once I, it registered, because you know, my my first instinct was gorilla, and, and yeah. it didn't make sense. But we don't have gorillas. Yeah. But, uh No, it was not unless they've escaped from somewhere. Wow. What's that? I said, not unless they've escaped from somewhere we don't have. No, no. Well, I, I've had a few occasions where it's crossed my mind of what maybe, you know, the, the local zoo was wintering their, their apes up here or something, but uh, I don't think that's the case. Did, now, did it, like you, know, you said, it was, it was fixated on the elk, but did it have, at any time, like, notice you were there or take its gaze to you guys? Well, when I first focused in on it, it was facing us. It was, okay. like, coming from the far side of the woods in our direction behind the elk mm-hmm. and just for that split second that i saw it facing us i know it had to have seen us but then it yeah. turned and from that point on it it focus was completely in the direction of the elk not looking in our direction not not once but i know it it had to know we were there we were right mm-hmm. out in the open on the road mm-hmm. was it hunting do you think um quite possibly yes i i think they do eat the elk but it you know, it didn't seem to be, you know, putting up much of a, a, a sweat or anything going after them. It, it seemed to be moving quite easily, but it was, the elk were running as fast as they could. as They were full out running, and it was keeping right up with them without any mm. trouble at all. So 
I would imagine that if it could catch an elk, it would have easily been able to just throw it over its shoulder and walk away with it. So Bigfoot and, uh, is fast. Yes, and, and another thing that I noticed after that was uh, for the next week or so, the elk that are normally here in the neighborhood were particularly nervous. Uh, I saw them one night up by the highway. There's a, a big grassy uh, yard up there, and uh, there were several elk standing there in the middle of it, and they kept rearing up like they wanted to take off and run into the woods, but instead they were just spinning around and, and uh, in a panic. like they, did. they wanted to run, but were afraid to go back into the trees. So mm -hmm. I suspect there was probably something there waiting for them. And did you, like, notice, like, you know, a lot of people say there's a, there's a particular smell? that? that uh, no. No, I actually, I have never smelled anything bad associated with the Bigfoots until just this last two weeks ago where I finally had my first experience with an odor. Oh, really? So, and, what, yeah. and, what was it, and what was it like? Because a lot of people say it's like wet hair. Or... Well, what we smelled was like sewer, and it, it was oh. really, really bad. And it was just kind of out of the blue in a place where we had been uh, numerous times that day and that night and in the following nights and only for off and on for about a five minute period did we have any sense of odor at all and when we smelled it it was really really bad mm -hmm. yeah hmm. interesting well, so uh, yeah go ahead you got something so it so bigfoots make is it bigfoots or big feet uh i i refer to them as the bigfoots okay bigfoots um so they it whistled, or you think it whistled. I didn't know elk could whistle, by the way, so that's that's kind of cool to know. Um, so what kind of, do you hear vocalizations or noises, or are there, you know, are there noises that are indicative that there might possibly be a Bigfoot or Bigfoots nearby? Oh, yeah. Um, particularly when there are people around, they're not going to make their normal Bigfoot-type sounds. You know, that they want to stay hidden, and they blend visually very well, and they try to blend vocally, too. So when there's people around, what you're going to hear is a lot of whistles, uh, owl mimics, uh, bird song mimics. They, they'll, they can communicate back and forth to each other without us ever actually realizing that they're there because they'll just try to sound like other animals, and, and they're very good at it. So if, you, if you're okay. out in the woods and you hear an owl that sounds like he weighs about 600 pounds, it's probably not an owl. <laughs> well, so I have actually, I just sent Cheryl over an audio file uh, to play for you because this is what I think is my um, encounter with, you know, Bigfoot in the in the woods. Um, I was had a recorder because we were up, up paranormal investigating and I had a recorder in my pocket and... Um, I didn't hear the noises that you'll hear at the time, but several people have said to me, you know, you should run this by a Bigfoot person. So I've got you here. Do you mind? No, not at all. <laughs> okay, Cheryl, can you go ahead? That's my dog whining. Oh, okay. Oh, That's, okay. Yes. We were it's my out dog there. whining at the door. Uh, Cheryl, can oh. you play that? So the whooping, did you hear the whooping? I did hear the whooping. We didn't at the time. And some people said, well, that could be Bigfoot. I said, yeah, but he wasn't walking in front of me with his face at my pocket level whooping. It is, so is that something that could be possibly Bigfoot related? 
Um, it could be, but yeah, it sounds really close, and and <laughs> you would think that if it was that close, it would have been a lot louder. But you know that then again, you can't rule it out either because it could have been you know just hiding in the brush right there beside you. You know that they, they're that good at hiding that that it would be really easy for them to be that close. Okay, that's a little freaky. Yeah, that's creepy. It yeah. is. <laughs> Bigfoot, they can hide in the bushes, like right next to you, and they just come out and grab you and sweep you across the forest like a rag doll, you know? Well, and I tend to be so non-observant of stuff like that. I get so focused <laughs> on what I'm trying to look for that. Yeah, you should walk right by Bigfoot, and just bump. Oh, excuse me, and just keep going. Sorry, sir. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah, really. So, um, uh, all right. So, with the why do you think that? They try to, I mean, besides the self-evident reasons, because humans are kind of like, you know, let's get them. I mean, why do you think they try to stay away from us? Why do they think they try to stay hidden from us versus trying to, you, you know, like, there's if there's a lot of big foots around, why would you think they all have that same mentality? It's like, hey, we're going to hide from us as humans. We're, we, we are similar in certain ways. Don't you think they someone would want to come right out in the open and be curious, you know, like 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 a person would? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I think that they are part human. You know, I, I don't think that they're just typical wildlife. I think they're very intelligent. Right. I think they have their own way of living, mm-hmm. and and we don't really fit into that. Okay. You know, uh, it probably would not be a good thing for them if they were to just come right out and expose themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and 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 the the one that you saw, like, I mean. I, have you seen males and then females? I mean, you've seen the children and stuff. Have you seen, you know, both species or both sexes? Um, I've, the big one, like I said, most of the body was uh, hidden behind the leaves. But just going by the facial structure, he was so gnarly looking that I, I would assume it was a he. And <laughs> as for the younger ones, they've all been moving way too fast to tell. Right. So. Well, yeah. It could have been it could have been an ugly female one too. You never know. It you know? could have been. <laughs> well, I was. I also, you know, that cone in the front between those two ridges. There was no hair up there, so it's a good case he had. You know, what is it? The the receding hairline. Too, male pattern baldness. Male pattern baldness. There you Poor go. Bigfoot. <laughs> so so the one just disappeared, and I've heard a lot of stories like that. He was there, and then he wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't uh, so. A lot. What's the theory with that? Well, there are a few different theories. Um, originally, I was under the impression that uh, they just blend really well and they're really fast. So when he disappeared, I went back over the next few weeks and I looked at the lay of the land and where I was standing and where it was standing. And finally, I I decided for myself that that what must have happened was he must have just dropped down flat on the ground so fast that my eyes couldn't pick it up and he must have just crawled away behind a rise of land. Mm. And th- and that's that was how I explained it to myself. But since then, we've had a few other experiences, and, you know, I share a lot with other Bigfooters, and uh, this I got something on film this last fall that uh, makes me look at things a little different. So have you ever seen the movie Predator? Yes. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, there's a, an alien in the movie that does this cloaking thing, and uh-huh. and I really don't like that word cloaking because it it's it I don't think it it it's suitable for what we talk about, but that's the popular word to use. Okay. Where 
what I got on film looks a lot like what you see in the movie Predator, where the camera is there. The camera is always on when I'm in the woods. It's just attached to my walking stick, whether I'm actively making a video or not. It's just on just in case. Okay. So we had a group of people out there, and we were discussing a tree that had been broken, and it had been down for a while, and it had recently been broken again. And uh, directly in front of me, from where I was standing, I saw this little black creature just pop up and take off, run into the left. Well, I knew what it was when I saw it. And uh, I knew the camera was on, and I knew the camera was aimed in the right direction. So I had high hopes I had something on film. And later that evening, when I started going through the footage, looking to see if I had indeed caught what I saw, I discovered that we did get something on film, but it's not what I saw. What we got on film, it looks like there's nothing there. You're just looking at the forest, and then all of a sudden a patch of forest just drops off, drops to the ground and crawls away. So we call that my cloaker video. <laughs> so you're saying sort of like a so a it's like a chameleon it has camouflage yeah. kind of yes and, and oh that's creepy according to to physics there are ways that this can be done you know that there's this isn't something that we can you know easily wrap our brains around as to how this happens but it has something to do with bending light i'm sure that vibration and and things like that that somehow or another they manipulate what we see because that's not what i saw I didn't see anything like that. The person standing next to me didn't see anything like that. So what we got on camera isn't what we actually saw. But the camera doesn't lie. Right. Yeah. Interesting. But our eyes can fool us. So 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 could it be that or could it be more of a um like a mind I don't want to say manipulation because that's not quite right, but could they be doing something psychically, I guess, to affect your visual perception? Um, I can't rule it out. You know, yeah. I can't say for a fact. I don't think anybody can really say for a fact how it is that they do what they do. But uh, whatever it is seems to be very effective for them. Wow. Yeah, so, but one of the things, because my husband and I talk about stuff like this all of the time, um, and one of the things he always says is, but there are so many hunters that put up those um, game cameras. And, but it doesn't seem like anybody's come forward with any credible footage off of a game camera. Now, of course, we aren't in the Bigfoot community, so we don't know what people have come forward with. But uh, A, do they have people come forward for game camera footage? And B, if not, how are they avoiding detection on these cameras that are all over the place? Well, first of all, I think there probably are some, some reasonably decent photos that have been taken that way. Um, I don't think they're very common, and I think that most of the, photo, the photos that, are, that have been taken will probably never see the light of day just uh, people, for fear of harassment. People just keep that stuff to themselves. Yeah. Because when, when photos do come out and they do go around, there are so many people that knock them down and say it was this, it was something else. Sure. And, and people are, are literally harassed over these things. So there's a lot of folks out there who have this kind of information, and they just don't share it. And uh, another thing about uh, the trail cam photos is they're very, very smart. So if you go out in the woods, they're going to know that you're out there to begin with. They're watching what you're doing, and they do have an idea of what the cameras are, that, that they know that it's not, it's, it either puts off a sound, it puts off a light, 
it puts off something that they don't like, and they're going to stay away from it. Um, whether or not they actually know that it's going to take their photograph, is, I don't really know for sure. But, uh, yeah, that's something that they okay. will avoid. We tried okay. putting uh, cameras out here, and we had one out for a week. It took one uh, test shot of Gabby, and it died. It never came back on again. We got a brand-new camera, took it out there. It worked fine for a couple of weeks. We got some pictures of the elk, and after that, we had nothing but whiteout pictures from it. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so then we tried just sound recorders. And the first one I put out, uh, you can hear something walk up, pick it up, pick it up, rattle it around, and then it shut off. The second time, something picked it up, rattled it for just a second, and it shut off. And after that, uh, probably four out of five times that I'd leave a sound recorder out in the woods, I'd go out and, and they would, the recording would just end with nothing. It would just, <laughs> sometimes minutes after we left, the last thing you'll hear that it recorded was us leaving. Interesting. So yeah. um, while we're talking about that, I'm going to ask you a question that you probably get asked all of the time, and so I'll just apologize ahead of time. But again, I just don't know a lot about Bigfoot. Um, oh, that's fine. But but uh, so the Patterson-Gimlin uh, footage, which is, of course, this very famous footage, is that something that's considered legitimate? Is it something that's considered a hoax? And if it is considered legitimate, but you say Bigfoot is really smart and knows cameras, how would a Bigfoot let itself be captured on camera that way? Well, in my opinion, I am 100% positive that that is real footage. Okay. I've met Bob Gimlin uh, several occasions, and he's he's a very nice man. He's, he's I, I, There's no way that he's lying about that. Uh there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that that's real footage. And uh, I don't know that it was by chance or whether or not it was planned, intended to be. I have heard that it was something that was meant to happen. But, uh, yeah. You mean meant to happen like from the from the Bigfoots themselves saying, hey, we need to let people know we're here or planned to happen by people? Uh, planned to happen by the Bigfoots. Okay. Yeah, well, that was kind of like their way of, of coming out at that time. And, uh, okay. yeah, I can't really talk about the source of this information. That's just what I've I've been told. Okay. Now, there's, uh, a, question, there's a question in chat from uh, Bob. Uh, it says there's a theory that uh, it's related to UFOs. Do you think that the Bigfoot is uh, native to this planet or maybe from somewhere else? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Um. You know, it seems that there's a lot of UFO activity wherever there's uh, Bigfoot activity, but personally, I don't think that there's a lot of a connection there, you know. Okay. okay. No, I think that they've probably been here longer than we have. So, when they're not roaming around in the woods, where do they live? <laughs> I don't know. Just in the woods. Some people huh? think that they ha that there are other dimensions that they go to. Uh, there's information, people that have actually seen portals opening and closing and Bigfoot's coming out of them. Mm. Uh, that's not anything I've ever witnessed, but uh, I know of credi credible people who have seen things like that. So it's possible maybe they just step into a place that's just a little bit different than here. That, but, you know, that's just speculation on my part. I, I don't know. Right. As far as I know, they're just always out in the woods. Mm. Okay. Well, we need to take a break, um, but we have lots more questions when you come back. 
when we okay. come back. So can you stick around for the next 45 minutes or so? Okay. So here's what we're going to do, everybody. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will still be talking with Barb about Bigfoot and Bigfoots. Uh, you're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back. This weekend, unhug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hey, Doug, what you doing? I'm celebrating the new time slot for Periscope Uncensored. That's right. We're moving to 9-8 Central starting April 3rd. Yep, and with a party this big, we have to invite all of the Hazy Radio listeners. Uh, what was that? Oh, God, I think I partied a little too hard. Oh, Doug. Catch Periscope Uncensored Friday nights at 9, 8 Central. Only on the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, Hazy Radio listeners. Do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Ahrens every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Are you looking for a show that puts the paranormal in a different light? A show that shoots straight from the hip. A show where the knowledge of paranormal is number one. Then join Rick Hale, former co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, for his new show, Common Sense Paranormal. Where paranormal straight talk is what it's all about. Every Thursday night from 9 to 10 Eastern, right here on the Hazy Radio Network. Hi, this is Brian Larkin. You are listening to Chucky e. G and Karen Frazier, a paranormal underground radio in the dark arc on the Hazy Radio Network. The hostesses with the most ghostesses. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Yeah. I like to yeah. Not the way you go. Yeah. So, anyways, this is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. That's right. I'm your host, Chucky e. G, along with Karen Frazier and the lovely Miss Barb Shoop. We are talking about Sasquatches. So we're on break. You guys start talking about classifications and stuff. So I want to hear what that's all about. So how do they classify Bigfoot sightings? Um, well, that's something that the BFRO does. I don't really do a whole lot of that myself, but I believe okay. like Class A would be uh, a clear sighting. Uh, class B would be something where, like footprints or something, where you're pretty sure that's what it is, but you don't, you didn't actually see anything that that you know it 100% fact. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think it works like that. So, all right. So you're all, all right. So how did you how did you get into bigfooting? I mean, how did you? What was your? Did you have an experience when you were younger? You just were out in the woods and just ran into one. You're like, okay, this is cool. I'm just gonna start doing all this stuff. I mean, what what drew you to it? Well, a little of both. Um, okay. When I was a kid, my folks used to take us camping up at Spirit Lake, up at Mount St. Helens. Uh, oh, the back when it, yeah, back when it, yes. yeah, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> it was back when, yeah. But uh, at night, the the campground rangers would build a big bonfire and invite all the kids to come and have, like, story time. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I heard the story of Ape Canyon. And uh, after that, you know, I, I every book, every TV show, everything that I could ever find on Bigfoot, I was just totally fascinated. 
and then uh, about oh 22 years ago the very first time I went for a walk up the trail behind my cabin I found two freshly broken trees and a perfect footprint and at that point I knew that they were real I that was there was no more doubt for me mm-hmm. and then once I had that clear sighting of the big guy chasing the elk that was when it it kind of turned into an addiction at that point gotcha. where you, you just want more you, yeah. you just can't help yourself yeah. No, so what's the, what's the story of Ape Canyon, real quickly? Uh, there were some miners that went up there uh, looking for gold, and uh, at one point a couple of the guys were out in the woods and saw a couple of creatures and started shooting at them. They were afraid, you know, of course. And um, that night they were in their cabin, and their cabin was attacked by uh, boulders and things being thrown at it. And uh, they tried to make an escape getting out of the canyon, and one of the men shot across the canyon at one of the creatures, and uh, it shot it, and it fell into the canyon. And that's why they call it a canyon. Oh. So uh, don't don't let that make you think that the Bigfoots are dangerous or anything, because whatever happened up there, it was it was provoked. Those guys brought it on themselves. The, mm-hmm. the Bigfoots aren't going to go out and go after anybody and intent, you know, just for no reason. So, but I wouldn't recommend shooting at them. Yeah, that'd probably be a bad idea. Good plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you do you ever like do you cast footprints and stuff like that? Do you do you do any of that stuff, or do you not not? Oh fear yeah, I do. I I don't okay. do a lot of it because most of the tracks that I find are in leaves or in duff or mm-hmm. just weeds that are pressed down. Yeah. And you know that that just doesn't really make for a good cast. But when we find something good in dirt, something that's deep enough to really you know hold the the uh, uh, plaster or or uh, casting material, then we go ahead and we do. So I've got I've got a few. We just got one uh, a couple of weeks ago that's from a juvenile, uh, about seven and a half inches long. Oh, so that oh, that must cool. be one of your friends in chat because he mentioned that. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bob, no, not Bob. Ja- Tom Cantrell. Yes, that would be him. Yeah, he was there at the camp out with us. Well, seven and a half inches isn't very big. No, huh? Well, there was also uh, some vocalizations that we heard uh, the night before, and we—it was a two-part vocalization. Where at first it was a scream, followed by the owl calls, and then a few minutes later there was another scream up the hill by our camp, and we found a footprint right across the road from where we were parked the next morning. And then when we went down and checked the woods where we had heard the first scream with the owl calls. That's where we found the smaller footprint was in there. And uh, we believe that it was probably an older female that was, uh, older juvenile female that was looking after the, uh, uh, a little one. Mm-hmm. And then the little one did the owl call part. So, we so do they, do they vocalize to communicate? Because you said, like, you mentioned in one of your sightings that you actually heard them talking, but not English. Right. So, so they clearly have language. So, the vocalizations is that that's to like fool people, but still be able to communicate. Do you think? I think so. Yeah, that's just way of of blending into their environment in a way. You know, like if you're way out in the middle of nowhere and they haven't seen a human being ever, they probably don't bother with that. Other than you know maybe to sneak up on you know an elk or something. But when there's people around, yeah, they generally 
they make sounds that just blend into the forest, the sounds were, were, we, that we usually hear. I think the only reason that I heard that talking that day was because I was that far up on the mountain where they, they weren't expecting me. Now, um, you, we, we asked about, like, Karen asked, like, where do you think they go, you know, when they're not roaming around the woods and such? they they got to have, like, homes or camps or something. Um, you hey. see a lot of these... Well, you see in a lot of these programs like nests or whatever, you know, the, the, the sticks, the wood, you know, building these gigantic like nests or little huts or whatever. Have you ever run across anything like that where you're um, at? Yeah, I have, but I don't believe that the things, at least the things that I've found, I don't think yeah. that they were any kind of a permanent residence or anything. You know, I think okay. it's more of a, a, you know, used once, maybe twice, mm-hmm. and then they move on and just leave it behind. So they're I nomadic, found- you think? Well, not nomadic to the point where they're, you know, doing a lot of traveling. You know, I can't speak for Bigfoots in other places. You know, my most my experiences are just right here behind the cabin, and they're pretty much always here. But we think this is probably like a nursery area where they bring the the little ones to just to observe humans, so they can understand us and, you know, learn how we how we move, how we function, what to expect from us. I was it's just a, going to ask if maybe they uh, were observing you as much as you were observing them, so the answer is you think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of interesting. I never even thought about that, that they would teach them. How, cause that, was, that was one of my thought processes was like, well, how do they know, how do the little ones know not to just come run up and go, hey, you know, right to us. Dude! Um, yeah, dude, I'm a Bigfoot. Check me out. Where's your fur? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're so small. So, so, so they're, they're pretty much taught right from square one to – to stay away from us in general. I think so, yeah. I think so. Okay. But, you know, we're working on making contact, and we've been getting a little closer and closer and and Mm. working really hard on on gaining some trust. And, you know, I know they've been back here to the yard. I I leave them gifts every week. I give them an apple pie, a jar of peanut butter, and some apples. And they take them. And they come into the yard. They've left some pretty intricate little structures here, and uh, I got a rock turned up one day that's, Got some very interesting gold on it. I'm not really sure about exactly what it is, but it sets off my metal detector. So, yeah, they leave gifts, and and we're working on some kind of contact with them. You know, communicating. Yeah, because you done so cool. Yeah, she's done. I've seen on on the on the, on the YouTube really cool. thing where they did the sticks, where you put the sticks a certain way, and then you come back and they changed them, changed the yeah. pattern of the sticks. Well, I had to come up with. Well, they they call them glyphs. You know, like uh, like alphabet kind of t- type of thing made out of sticks and, and ferns, leaves, rocks, things like that, where they'll create little structures that I think most of what they, when they do that, it's intended for communication amongst themselves. But in an effort to try and communicate with them, we've come up with glyphs to represent ourselves as, as individuals. Each member of our group has come up with a glyph for ourselves. And I put one that represents me and Gabby out here beside the creek. And, you know, I kept an eye on it, and it had been out there for a few weeks. And I went out one day, and I looked over, and something looked different. So I went over, and there I looked, and there's a big X, a huge branch crossed, making an X right over the top of my glyph, the the Barb and Gabby glyph that I had made there. And uh, I'm pretty sure that when they make the X like that, that's a a sign of, of welcome or friendship. And you'll find those a lot of times in the woods, right uh, along the creek, along the trail. You'll be walking along, and you'll see where there's sticks stuck in the ground, making an X, or trees have been pushed together in the form of an X. 
things like that. Either they'll be upright, sometimes really big, huge things made out of trees, sometimes just tiny little twigs on the ground. So it's hard to say exactly what, you know, any of it means. It's just messages mostly for them, you know, but every now and then we get something we think might be for us. That's cool. Do you, do you cool. Either that or you have a super well-fed raccoon who can open a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> well, we That's probably terrible. have a few of those, too. Yeah, they're <laughs> pretty smart little rascals. Um, now, yeah. do you think there's different species of Bigfoots? Um, I don't know about species, but, you know, there's probably different varieties, you know, different regions and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a little bit different. You know, like Races. down in the south, the skunk ape, ape is supposed to be a little smaller. And um, uh, there's one in the Midwest that I believe is is possibly a little more aggressive than what we have here. And in Australia, the Yowie, I, I believe, is, is supposed to be a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, once the again, Yowie, I, don't know. I, like I, that, I haven't experienced that myself. And, and for all I know, the, the reports when they're aggressive could be, you know, it, it, in defense of themselves. So. Yeah. And you have, like, the abominable snowman, the snow beast. Yeah. And the Himalayans and stuff. So, yeah, that's what I was curious. There has to be, like, different, I guess not species, but different races and stuff like that. So, Well, just like there are yeah. different, different, you know, humans mm-hmm. have different looks. And, yeah. you know, some people are smaller and some people are bigger. And, you know, yeah. some people have white hair and some people have brown hair. I that's would imagine right. it would be similar to that. Very similar, I think. So um, another question that comes up all the time is, how come nobody finds Bigfoot bones? Well, I think they bury their dead. I think that they are that smart and, and that intelligent that the one, one of their members passes, that they find a, a nice secluded spot and they make a burial and, and they hide the, the grave in a way that, that is very unlikely that anybody will ever find it. Um, I've even been told that they take uh, trees and will, like how we, you know, will take a potted plant and plant it in your garden from the store. Well, yeah. they'll take a tree and and plant it over a grave, so that uh, yeah, it'll never be dug up. That is a really simple common sense answer to a question that I hear people ask as a gotcha question all of the there time. There you go. And it never <laughs> occurred to me that hey, maybe they bury their. Yeah, 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 you know, and then they put a tree over it and mash the whole thing. That's actually a good idea. All right, well, here I have a question. What about Bigfoot poop? Bigfoot poop? Yeah, I mean, couldn't you find it? has to be scat somewhere. Oh, I'm sure there is. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've found it a couple of times, but, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, unintentionally when you scat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, darn it's Bigfoot. It's out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was just curious about that, you know, as far as Bigfoot poop and all, because I mean, that's right. And seriously. in your neighborhood, it's apple pie and peanut butter sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and they do it in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> they do what in the woods, Barb? That's what we're talking about. Um, so, uh, okay, so now you're into doing these YouTube videos. I want to get to that. So okay. the the squatching with Barb and Gabby. How did that all begin? I mean, did you say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to share this with the world." I mean, what was your was that your thought process? Did I cover that? Well, no? you know, I've always had a thing for videos. You know, I always wished I had a video camera from way back from when America's Funniest Videos first started. Okay, but I never did. And uh, let's see, a few years ago, my husband got me an iPod for Christmas, and that was my first connection to the internet or or anything like that. And it had a camera on it. 
so after I saw the big guy that was following the elk up here, um, I started watching YouTube videos and learning, you know, more about Bigfoot and discovered, you know, things about, like, structures and uh, footprints and, and vocalizations, and I started recognizing a lot of the things that I'd been seeing and finding and hearing around my home over the, the last 20-some-odd years, and I realized that there's a lot of valuable valuable information just in the woods that are here. And I thought, well, you know, what better way to get that information out there and share it with people uh, than to just make videos and post them on YouTube. And when I started doing it, you know, I didn't really think that it would turn into anything big or anything. You know, I thought, you know, the guy that came up and investigated my BFRO report, you know, that this was a way to keep him posted on what's going on and... and uh basically document my findings you know i don't have any kind of a scientific background and i didn't feel e even a little qualified to to judge the things i was finding so if i could just make a video and show what's going on then i can post it and people that were more knowledgeable on the subject would be able to you know give me feedback and and it would you know contribute to the collective pool of information and mm -hmm. somewhere along the lines it just turned into you know uh, a lot of fun and I met a, a lot of people I've made a lot of great friends and and I hope the learning process never ends mm -hmm. what do you think about shows like Finding Bigfoot and stuff like that well I think it's it's a TV show and, uh, <laughs> oh it's like the ghost stuff what? we talk about the same thing <laughs> yeah. about Bigfoot come on really Oh man! Well, you know those guys. If they were really going to find Bigfoot, and I, I do believe that they are entirely capable of finding Bigfoot, but I seriously doubt their producers would ever actually let them air it. So what? I think it's really? something Why? that, on one hand, I think oh, it's a great way to to open people's eyes and and open their minds to the idea of it. But as far as actually ever seeing a Bigfoot or, or having any real evidence put forth from that show, the only thing you're really going to get out of it are the witness reports and, and you know, whatever person that they happen to feature that week that might have some video or sounds or footprints. You know, those things are interesting. But as far as, you know, the things that they do themselves in the woods, mm -hmm. they're not really in any one place long enough to do anything. And <laughs> yeah. I think that if they were... <laughs> They probably wouldn't air it anyhow. So oh, yeah, man. it's, well, it's a TV you, show for entertainment purposes. I know. And do you think that Bigfoot would actually come crashing through a bunch of cameras and sound guys and producers? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or if I were Bigfoot, I'd say nope. Man. How about the well? How about the mountain monsters? The, that show at the mountain with the the south. Yes, southern you know. Personally, I find that show just offensive, just right from the get go. <laughs> That one. <laughs> I don't know that show. It's so unbelievable. It's hilarious. It's yeah, like, I watched a couple episodes, and yeah, I, I have no use for that show. It, first of all, it depicts them as monsters, which yeah. I, I think is very wrong. Right. And and they want to. They're out, you know, looking to kill them. They're they're looking to build traps. They're it's it's ridiculous stuff. And and as far as I'm concerned, anybody that actually wants to go out in the woods and and have any kind of a Bigfoot experience. The first thing that they got to do is treat the forest and the wildlife with respect. And those guys are a bunch of yahoos that have no respect whatsoever for what they're trying to do. Well said, Barb. Well said. Well, and you seem to have a lot of respect for, for the land, and, and that is something that is uh, I admire and appreciate because, well, you know, you. there's nothing I hate more when I hike 
than like having to go out and pick up other people's trash, which I always do, by the way, because oh, I can't yeah. I can't stand it being there. But yeah, so I appreciate your respect for the land. So, um, you know, you you said something earlier about that a lot of people wouldn't come forward with Bigfoot videos because there is sort of a stigma, just like uh, Chuck and I are ghost people, and there's a stigma to what we do, although less so than it used to be. Um, I think there is to Bigfoot too, and I've never understood that because. Um, you're on a paranormal show talking about Bigfoot, but I do not believe that if Bigfoot is, exists, and uh, you you certainly seem to have a lot of evidence that Bigfoot does exist, um, I don't. It's not paranormal. It's uh, you know a, just a different species of of creature or animal, just like you and me, or a squirrel or a dog or anything else. And so I've always thought that cryptozoology um, in general is like not a paranormal topic. And we actually asked um, Jeff, was it Jeff Meldrum that we asked to be on the show, Cheryl? And he said, but what I do isn't paranormal. So do you think that Bigfoot is paranormal? I think that Bigfoots have some uh, paranormal capabilities. Yeah. Okay. I think that they're, they're, they're as real as we are, you know, that they're mm-hmm. flesh and blood. They're very intelligent. They're, they're people in my book. I, I think of them mm-hmm. as people that live in the woods. But they do have some capabilities, you know, that uh, a lot of Bigfooters don't even want to talk about. Because a lot of people that are out there, they're looking for that hard evidence. They want proof, and they don't want anything paranormal to mess with it. But the reality of it is that they do have some capabilities that we just don't understand. And until we do understand them, they're going to fall into the category of paranormal. Okay, fair enough. So, so and, and by saying that, um, we're not we're not thinking that Bigfoot is like a missing link, or you know some of that's brought forward. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they're not the missing link, or a gigantopithecus, or anything like that. They're uh, different in the, their speciality. I guess would that be correct? Is speciality? That a word? No, I, don't know, is I that think a word? just a different kind of human. You know, okay. I think that when we started, you know, growing our crops and herding our animals and and building our shelters and wearing clothes, we went in a different path. And they stayed with what nature wanted them to be. They're completely natural. They they belong in the forest. They're part of the forest, whereas we left that behind, you know. For us to become part of the forest, it would be, you know, a weekend camping trip and still, we wouldn't be able to survive very well without all our oh, gadgets and, and, I would and not. the things that we bring with us. I couldn't even survive with the things. We I would not be able to. I would not be able to sleep on the ground. I I can get no. through about uh, thirty minutes of being on the ground before I really want my nice soft bed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, my, and my comfy pillows and my warm blankies and so, so so they're they're a different kind of human. So are they? Do you believe that they're Homo sapiens or are they Homo something else? Um, I I I honestly can't say. I don't okay. know. Fair enough. Oh, wow. I like that. I like we. I like that you you don't come up with an answer when you don't know. We so many people. You ask a question and they they just like uh like bluff their way through. Well, you know. <laughs> well, you know, see this how it is. If I don't know, I might speculate on something, but I'm going to tell you I'm speculating. All right, I want yeah. you to speculate on this. Does Gabby ever chase after the Bigfoots? Because I'm always worried that she's going to run off and the Bigfoot's going to grab her and something bad's going to happen. No, Gabby is a scaredy puppy. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she's 
very happy. She she loves to bounce around the woods and you know chase sticks and, and mm-hmm. do dog things until the Bigfoots are around, and then she gets very serious. But I I do suspect that she has, on some level, made friends with at least one of them. Because oh. she's started playing little games in the woods now where she'll run and bounce and play, and then she'll stop and look around to see who's watching. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and she's been doing that I quite a bit dogs. for the last dogs few months. Dogs are so great. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like there was, uh, my friend Sandy was, we were near her gifting area where there's this huge old stump, and whenever we go to that spot, Gabby likes to lay on top of this stump. And actually, from that stump, Gabby, Gabby had herself a sighting where we had something we might have caught on camera uh, this last year. But anyway, one day we go out, and there's this stick stuck in the stump. And Sandy and I are standing there discussing this stick, and Gabby kind of looks over at it, and she just leans over, snaps it off, spits it out, and then looks back over her shoulder just to see if anybody was watching when she did that. So, you know, that's just a little oh, bit of Gabby cute. being ornery and being a stinker, you know. Oh, that's adorable. So, I love dogs. But, but dogs there, are there the best. There have been a few times when Gabby will, when there's something happens, she doesn't hesitate to hide behind my legs. So <laughs> there she becomes a clinger, huh? Yes, yeah, she does. Uh, yeah. So what are um, you know when you talk to people like us who who clearly don't know very much about the subject? What are the most common misconceptions that you hear that come up that you'd like to you'd like to set straight? Um, they're not wildlife. And they shouldn't be hunted. And nobody should think of them as being monsters. And they're not dangerous unless you provoke them to the point where they have to defend themselves. I don't think that they mean any harm to anybody. Um, yeah, they're. I, th- I believe they're peaceful. And I, I just it really kills me when people talk about them as being monsters and people talk about hunting them. That that I just find that so distressing. And I think that if people go out into the woods with a sense of respect for themselves, for the forest, for the creatures that live in the forest, they're going to get a lot farther with this. Now, now I've heard it, but I guess the question to that is I've always heard that um, they have a tendency to throw rocks or whatever. Do you know anything about that, or is it just to get you away? Yes, I do know about that. Okay. that, I think, is something that's most likely coming from juveniles who are messing with you. And they <laughs> might try to intimidate you if they just want you to leave their area. That's something mm-hmm. they might do. But, you know, as many times as I've heard reports of people having rocks thrown at them, nobody has ever actually been hit with a rock. Okay. So they have, it'll, they it'll have better really close, And it might bounce off of something and hit you. <laughs> but they're not actually, if they wanted to hurt you, believe mm-hmm. me, you would not stand a chance. You would be gone before you even knew, even saw it coming. So Whoa, that's those things are, are nothing more than young ones playing games and, and intimidation tactics just okay. to get you to leave their area. Now, now I have a very important question. Okay. Does Bigfoot like does Bigfoot like beef jerky? Because I see it all the time on the. Doesn't like beef jerky. <laughs> Delicious. I had to well, ask. You know, I can't say for a fact, but I would imagine that if you got if you were to leave some out in the woods. Yeah. On a consistent basis for mm-hmm. long enough that eventually one would try a piece. There you go. And if they really liked it, they would find a way to let you know and you would leave more. So There you go. See, so there you go, yeah. folks. Bigfoot does maybe like beef jerky. Well, I maybe. like those commercials because they're always teasing the Bigfoot and he goes gets back with them. I think it's great. I think they're hilarious. Yeah. 
So, um, so uh, where are you going to go from here as far as what you're doing? I mean, are you going to uh, continue studying them or trying to communicate with them? I mean, what's your what would you like to happen? I guess with all this, um, I would like to uh, just continue with what I've been doing. Um, we call the process that I I do habituation, where we go out and we just try to attract them to us, you know, instead of going out and hollering and beating trees and, and things like that, we go out and we play music and we talk to them, we sing songs and we try to make ourselves interesting, you know, that they're curious, they're going to want to watch things that are interesting. Mm-hmm. So between, you know, offering them goodies, which, you know, has gotten their attention, you know, they, they're aware of what we are doing mm-hmm. and as time goes on, at their own pace... You know, it takes time, but at their own pace, slowly but surely, we're getting to the point where eventually I hope to have some kind of first-hand contact with them. You know, personally, my dream would be I would love to rub the bellies of one of the little ones and hear it giggle. That's what I want to do someday. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) That would be pretty cool, actually. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. (laughs) That'd be a video for sure, wouldn't it? (laughs) It sure would. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. So if you but, if you get that and you get a video of that, I really think you must release that to the world. <laughs> well, I suspect that if that ever does happen, it'll only be because there's no camera rolling. But if I did get it recorded, you can bet I would share it. Yeah, definitely. So what what do you think about all these the fake? Was it the fake Bigfoot? Like, like the Bigfoot in a cooler or a freezer? Yeah, the, uh, Bigfoot in a cooler. Yeah, is I, I, personally, I think those guys are despicable. You know, yeah. it, it's hard enough for legitimate people to put forward real stuff when there's so many people that are just out making a joke of it and creating hoaxes. And, you know, these guys are doing this. They're trying to make money. They're trying to fool people. They're trying to... Uh, I don't understand why people would do these things because it, it, it's beyond me what they're really getting out of it. But it's, it's ridiculous. I wouldn't pay those guys any attention. And if you ignore them, they'll go away is my hope. <laughs> I like that advice. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's always, it seems like, in, because we, we get the same thing in paranormal. You get people that are hoaxers. And... Um, it it does unfortunately hurt the credibility of the people who are doing legitimate work, and it sounds like you are doing legitimate work. You're you're attempting to communicate and establish communication, and it sounds like you're attempting to make friends. I am. I am exactly that. That's cool. I still want. I you to want you to. I totally want that to happen. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I still want well, to see the cloak. Well, they've already given me a rock with what looks like gold on it. So that's exciting. I, you know, it is, isn't it? I would totally, I would treasure that. That would be like on my shelf of treasured things. It is. Yeah. It's right here. Actually, it's. I keep it beside my bed. I'm holding it, looking at it right now. <laughs> that's awesome. So I think that I think that's really cool what you're trying to do, and I, I and also with the. Uh, you know the the YouTube uh, show, which people have to watch. This, um, it's really cool because you like you run into people. Well, like, you know, yeah, yeah, especially like when you're running. Uh, you're, I was watching when you ran to. Uh, uh, it was two people you ran to. A lady with bl- a young girl with blonde hair. I can't remember what their names were. And you were asking them about. They heard the whistling. 
Um, and they thought at first, I can't remember which episode it was, and they, they thought it was like, what the heck is this whistling? And then they started listening, and then they saw them. And uh, I thought that was really cool how you just run across people, and they'll just share all this stuff with you. Yeah. Well, well I work at the local general store. You know, it's, it's a tiny little community here in Greenwater, and, and everybody pretty much knows everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's a great place to collect reports and, and you know, it's gotten to the point now that if any of the other locals actually have an experience, they know to look me up right away. So, okay, so oh, go ahead. What? No, I was yeah. gonna say, go That's find right. Barb. That's right. Exactly. So, so, say I'm just some goofball who wants to go out in the woods. And no, you're not a goofball. Stop. A little sometimes. I right, go ahead. And I want to go out in the woods, and I want to try and have some kind of a Bigfoot encounter. Um, what advice do you have for somebody? What um, cautions perhaps do you have for somebody and then what do you tell somebody who like if all of a sudden i'm face to face with bigfoot what the heck do i do (laughs) well i'd say find yourself a nice patch of wood somewhere that's close to water that has a lot of food sources in it and uh you can you can check you know like the bfro website to find places where there's already been reports and just go there as often as you can and go out, find yourself a path that leads to a certain spot and go there and come back, stick to that path at night. Don't ever go off that path into their zone, you know, explore during the day. Let them see you doing human things, you know, read a book or pick mushrooms or, you know, collect leaves or, or, or something. Sing a song, play some music, play a flute, play some drums and do this on a very consistent basis over and over and over again because they're going to have to learn to trust you. And once they've made that connection that, that you're somebody that they're going to want to be around, that they trust you and they're not going to be, be feel like that their area is uh, in threat from you, they'll start coming in closer. And when they do, talk to them. Say hello, you know. Uh, try to communicate with them. Leave them little gifts. You know, I've, I've discovered that the youngsters like little rubber balls a lot. They, uh, shiny, flashy things, uh, beads. You know, different Bigfoots in different places all have different preferences. So try anything and everything that you can think of until you come up with something that they like. And it will take time. You know, when I first started gifting, it took almost a year before they really started taking any of the food. That, that whether they take anything or not, Always go back and switch things around. Make you know, take something away, put something else there, rearrange stuff, just to keep them curious, keep them coming back, and keep their attention. So, and be willing to be diligent. Sounds very good. Okay, so now we are at the part of our show that we call Shameless Self Promotion Corner. So this is where you can send people to your website or talk about your um, where they can find your YouTube videos, any of that stuff. So go ahead and, and please, please feel free to shamelessly self-promote. Okay. Well, I'm, I don't usually do that. But, uh, yeah, check out my channel on YouTube under Barbara Shoop. We are Squatching with Barb and Gabby. We also have uh, some other Greenwater Squatchers that I'll have a playlist that called Greenwater Squatchers where other members of our group have been posting their findings and experiences. And uh, so there's Planet Sasquatch. That's one to look for. And uh, if you're on Facebook, a great place to share and learn would be the Bigfoot Community Group. 
It's a, a private closed group that you can join, just apply, and we'll let you in as long as you're not a spammer or a troll or anything. <laughs> and, yeah, it's a great place where you can safely share your experiences. Nobody's going to harass you for it. And, and if you've had an experience and, and you're, you you want to understand more about it, you can go there and and you can ask for advice. And, and people that are knowledgeable on the subject will talk to you and tell you about it. And, uh, yeah, so... Get on Facebook, check out Bigfoot Community Group, get on YouTube, check out Barb and Gabby, and uh, I guess that's about it. You know, I this has been really fascinating for me because I've always had kind of this peripheral interest in Bigfoot. Like, it's always, when I hear the stories, I kind of always get a little excited and stuff, but I've never really read a lot about it or looked into it or anything, but uh, you make it sound really cool. <laughs> It is really cool. And, you know, as far as addictions go, it's about the healthiest one you can have. Yeah, walking around in the woods. Observing nature, you know, even if nothing's happening, it's a beautiful day. You know, you get to see what's going on in the forest, and you notice all the little things that normally you would just walk past. You start paying attention to them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's great. Very good. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am just absolutely fascinated. Now I'm going to check out your videos and websites and all of that stuff because now I've got some learning to do. Yes, but, and you know, I hope the learning never ends. Every time we learn something new, it just brings more questions. So, Amen. It's, it's fascinating. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show, and um, I hope that you. I'm glad that you're a few degrees cooler there than we are here. A little, you know, a little ways away from you. Stay cool over the weekend. It's supposed to be hot, and have a great Fourth of July. Yeah, you too. Thanks, and Bob. Thank you for nice having talking me. To you. Yeah, yeah no. and 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 if you ever make friends with Bigfoot, be sure to mention Chuck and I to them. Yes, please. I will do that. Okay. Thank you. Cool. Tell them we're cool. I will do that. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. You too. Bye, Barb. Bye. All right. So that was really fascinating. There you go. Squatching with Barb and Candy. So excited that Mm -hmm. we got to do that. I mean, I love talking about the ghosts and I love talking about all the other stuff, but this is just really a great change of pace. And Chuck and I, Cheryl, Chuck and I have decided on, um, you know, because she said go out and do things in the woods and, and, be consistent. So yeah. we have each decided how we are consistently going to go out in the woods. This is my plan. Okay. I'm going to go dressed as a clown mm-hmm. because I'll have big feet. Yes. And they'll be able to relate to me. Nice. Yep. And, and I'm going to dress like a giant piece of jerky. Yes. You guys have great come plans. Come up and want to hug me and hold me. And, and lick you and, and eat you and keep going. Like well, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Bigfoot would eat a person because that would be cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. I'd say, don't eat me, Mr. Bigfoot. I love you. No, really. What's interesting is that, so we have a big, huge patch of woods behind the house, and there's water, and there's lots of animals. And I'm assuming when she, when she says food source, she means, like, plants and animals. You guys um, are, you see, you're lucky. You can go out in your backyard and go to uh, So the I could just go sit in the woods, um, except that I'm afraid of bears. But I still could do it, I think. Sure you could. Yeah, just in a cloud of bug spray or something. And I can take my flute or my recorder, and I could sit and play. Mm-hmm. And they'll love me because I'm that lady who plays beautiful music. You see, oh, it's the flute lady. Let's all gather around. It's the flute lady who's dressed in that really weird wig with the red nose. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big, shoes. The big puts me going, I don't know. That lady kind of creeps me out. Do you think she attack us if we get close? <laughs> oh, my God. No. I, I, I found the lady. 
I mean, because I was watching, I was, I was watching last night. I couldn't stop watching them, you know, because he went on the trails and the Gabby's running around. It's very, it is addicting. And just it's to watch so them. beautiful here in in Washington and and where Barb lives. It's it's beautiful. I mean, it's a very beautiful country um, out yep. here in Washington State. And Tom and Tom, her friend who's in the chat room, he um he mentioned it's cool. He says it's so cool to see those big fingerprints in the jar. Because I watched, I was watching one last night with the wait what. Uh, yeah, cause, you know, because they have to, they have the jars with the like the food inside, and they unscrew them to get in there to get the. And so then you have the fingerprints of the Bigfoot on the jars. I think that's cool. I, I just, if- I like the presents. I mean, I would love to just leave little presents, but I would have well-fed raccoons. That's, yeah. I would basically have raccoons showing up at my door, knocking on my back door every night, going, "Yo, where's my pie, lady?" Hey, hey, it's a, uh, honey. There's a giant fat raccoon out here. Yo, lady, get some food. Where's my pie? Where's my peanut butter? That's my pie, baby. Yes, we have I'm- a we we actually have a rather large raccoon population here because, as I mentioned, we live in the woods. We actually had one year where a raccoon and a possum fought for supremacy of the space under our porch, and the raccoon killed the possum, and the possum mm-hmm. started to stink. Oh yeah, it was great. We heard them fighting. <laughs> <laughs> how, wait, how'd that go again? Can you make that sound one more time? I don't think I can. Did I ever? Do you know that one time I was trying to imitate a Bigfoot call and I injured my voice? What? Yeah, we were up at Wellington, and um, Bert had told this story about um, this noise that they had heard, and it was this call. And so we were sitting. I was with we were with Elaine Davison, um, yeah. who writes for Paranormal Underground, yeah. and her husband. And we were sitting out on the on the on the deck, and we were talking about Bigfoot. And I said, and this is what Bert said it sounded like. And I started to make it, and I had this terrible pain in my throat. And I couldn't talk much more than this for, like, three weeks because I injured. I it, How many people God. do you know who sustained a vocal injury making yeah. a Bigfoot call? Me! Hilarious. Hey, Karen, how, why is your voice so quiet? Were you yelling at a hockey game? No, it's trying to make Bigfoot noises. I actually, it hurt really, it hurt really, really badly. And it took me probably a couple months to actually have my vocal cords back to normal. But I have vocal cord injuries because I used to teach aerobics and I would yell at the class. And so I have, I have to be careful anyway because I injured my vocal cords. Uh, I injured them when I was teaching aerobics. Well, I found it interesting. They said, I found it interesting that they were talking about how all the whistling. The whistling going on. Yeah. I'm so used to hearing the whoop, whoop, you know, like that. Yeah. Howler thing, and now they're saying it's whistling, not the hoop and holler. No, she said both. Okay, but the the thing that really interested me is when she said they were actually using some kind of language. Yeah, that's really cool. But if they're people, of course they are. If they're humans. Well, uh, Cheryl, what do you think? You're looking very serious. I'm I'm actually trying to get a visual of Karen in a clown suit playing a flute in the woods out of my mind. And and making making big (laughs) my voice making big. I Bigfoot's like uh, we're never coming back around here again. I would ever. I, I would never it's... actually go out in the woods in a clown suit for Bigfoot because <laughs> most people hate clowns, including me. Yeah, <laughs> clowns I, I terrify me. I think it's it's fascinating, not clowns, but but Bigfoot, and I think that all of the things discussed tonight. I mean, they're just. It just really makes you think, and I and sometimes when I hear the whole you know other dimension um, explanation for why we don't really find Bigfoot, evidence of Bigfoot. We bury their dead. A really in- <laughs> Woo, light bulb. Um, interesting theory. <laughs> so stupid. But, <laughs> but, um, but I, I think that, yeah, they can communicate. 
they can i've heard of stories of them interacting with people directly with people um i think it's fascinating yeah. barb's you know if you want to she call saw it, it work so many with times them. yeah so- you know what she's experienced what she's trying to do you know kind of bridge that gap it's it's just all so fascinating Patty told me, I've got to tell you, Patty was like, you have to talk to her, you have to talk to her, you have to talk to her. And of course, I kept forgetting to tell you, so Patty finally took matters Patty into her own me. hands and got a hold of you, <laughs> which I'm glad she did. Yes, because thank you, Patty. Honestly, I'm like super excited about this show. And I mean, I love all of our guests. Yes. Um, but do. this one is like, I'm excited about it. Well, apparently. And I'm not going to lay awake it, freaked out tonight. Yeah. I'm just excited. Apparently, it excited our chat room. Because because we got a lot of great feedback about the show tonight, so oh, very well, good. And I find it interesting that the, this is the first time I, I mean, I, I've always heard that they say with Bigfoot that it's uh, actually I've heard more that it's animal that looks like a human or animal human whatever. Where she was more pushing the they're humans or they're like you know they're humans. I like that. Yeah, so I found that to be a different uh, angle to the whole thing because to me I always thought. Well, they're part animal, part human, or they're animals mm-hmm. that look like humans. So mm-hmm. I find it interesting. But, but she's, but I think she's a very active part of the Bigfoot community. And from what Patty tells me, because Patty goes to some of the Bigfoot conferences, and from what she tells me, I mean, what people think uh, Bigfoot is all about versus the research and the stuff that they're doing in the Bigfoot community, there's a big wide gap about that. And I think Barb bridged some of that, um, but we probably didn't ask astute enough questions to. to but I know like um, that there are a lot of books written by people who are experts like like Dr. Meldrum. Um, so, yeah, we need to do a little business now, folks. I mean, I'd love to keep talking Bigfoot because, again, I'm really excited and I may bounce off the walls for a couple hours, which will drive everybody in the house nuts. But it is what it is because uh, I get excited about things. Um, but anyway, uh, so next week we have... Would you stop that? <laughs> Sorry. Next next week, we have yes, uh, yes. Steve and Amy. Yes. Yay. Steve and Amy. From the Dead Files. We pre- Karen and I pre-recorded with them this past Monday. Yay. We had a great discussion. Um, mm. it, I mean, they lots were... Lots of laughing. Lots of, mm-hmm. yeah, lots of fun. Um, lots of serious stuff as well. But they also are very, very honest with their responses about what it takes the to make show. a show and what goes yeah. on behind the scenes. And so, you know, I, I, we really appreciated that candidness and, um, and also them sharing their experiences with their investigations. And, and this, and the story about Steve being bitten by a scorpion stung. Do they sting or bite? Stung. Sting. sting. Stung. Yes. So if you get stung by a scorpion, can you die? Yes, you can. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you don't just like swell up really bad. You can die. You, you can die. Yes. You can. Wow. Like kind of scorpion and adios amigos. We don't have those creepy crawlies here. We just have those really big, nasty, scary spiders that mostly live in my shower drain, I'm relatively certain. <laughs> Ew. Are they really big ones? Oh, yeah. they're. Um, I think they're called wolf spiders. Ooh. And they're super yes. fast. And they're they're, they're like, And they, they can oh. find their way into any little nook and cranny. And those things, like when they're on the floor or something, oh my gosh, they're so fast and they jump. Oh man! Oh, now I'm but gonna. They, have but they don't—they're not poisonous and they can't kill you or anything. They just are they're just creeping. They're scared the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it jumps off the thing. Right in your face. You're like, oh my god! 
<laughs> you're trying to smack it off, and it's all, yeah. You know, spiders oh. don't really bug me. Okay, so, well, and then after that, two weeks we're on hiatus. Yes, for we two are weeks. on hiatus. And then we come back at the end of July, and do we have Nicole at the end of July? Is that correct? Uh, we have Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. Oh, that's right. July 30th. And psychic we have lawyer. Nicole. Yeah, I read his book. I love him. Yep, he, yep that's going to be interesting. We have Nicole, who had to reschedule from last month. Now she's going to be on August 6th. She is a, the San Diego Paranormal Research Society founder and case manager, as well as the author of um, a book about the Queen Mary. And gosh darn it, I can't find the title right now. Sorry. But um, um, I'm excited to talk about the Queen yep. Mary. Oh, finally, Queen the Queen Mary lady. Awesome. Yep. Queen Mary researcher. Yeah. Uh, lots of good stuff there. And then, in fact, um, we were just talking about Jack, our friend Jack Kenna from the Spirits of New mm-hmm. England and Rensselaer Paranormal Research. We haven't talked to him in so long. Nope. Nope. He's coming August 13th. Also, by the way, I, I got. Oh, that's Tanner's birthday. Oh. It's okay. Cancel Taylor's birthday. No. Um, also, I'll Jack probably just go role play and gave, he can make his own dinner. Gave me some clarity on the show he's going to be on. It is his paranormal survivor. It's Sunday, he said, on Destination America at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Go, Jack. We're excited right. for you. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Destination America. Paranormal survivor. He's, what, what, what day? Uh, I think he said Sunday. Sunday. And also there's going to be season two this fall. And I guess he's done a couple of episodes um, for the fall season. So check Jack out. He's a, he's a really, really great friend to us at Paranormal Underground. Um, he's written for the magazine quite a bit over the years. He's come on the radio show. He's really supported us. He's done a lot of great research in we the like field. Jack. He's awesome. So, so and I've up. stopped confusing him with Jack Hanna. Phew. So that's, oh, that's about good. time. Yeah, so I no longer ask him stories about animals. Well, there you go. <laughs> See? Hey, yeah. so Jack, what about that kangaroo? And he's like, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about kangaroos, but I saw you on TV with one. No, Did that's you a different thing. Did you Johnny Carson? It bit him in the ear. Come on. It pooped on the stage. <laughs> you remember? Different How did you forget that? Jack. Different Jack. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. You're cuckoo. The first time you said he was coming on, I thought you said Jack Hanna. And I was like all excited. Ooh, we're going to talk animals. Ooh, we're talking about cougars and, yeah. No, Jack Hanna. <laughs> Poor Jack. K-E-N-N-A. I know. Okay. I have my mic. Yeah, go ahead. Cool. I, no, was, I was going to change the subject, so you go. I was just going to say I had him on my show a while back. When okay, I had the old show. It was cool. Jack is, Jack is super cool and we love him. Yeah. Um, okay, so magazine's out. Yep, yep. Um, we talked a little bit of about it last week but our listeners can go to paranormalunderground.net and check it out there they can email me for a free pdf copy at editor at paranormalunderground.net that's exciting and as i read it it's got good stuff yes good stuff all full of paranormal goodness chock full of creamy <laughs> paranormal goodness yes. i was just gonna say that chock full of paranormal yumminess mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tell you, once you have one, you just can't stop reading them. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So is there any, any other business we need to discuss? So now, when we are off for the two weeks, yes. uh, will they be playing reruns? Um, I, I honestly don't think so. Um, there, there's a chance that they will, but um, I cannot promise that. Okay, also, really quickly, um, I know I say this most every show, but it's time to remind you again. Ladies, gentlemen, I want your dreams. I want your dreams. 
Send me your dreams. We need dreams for the dream interpretation column at, at, at the lovely magazine. Um, Cheryl sent one this morning, but I just it's not interpretable because it was prophetic as opposed to, you know, so. Did you say pathetic or prophetic? Prophetic. Prophylactic. I said pathetic, I couldn't do it. No, I would Aww. never call Cheryl's dreams pathetic. Prophetic. Prophetic. And here's the thing. I'd like to point out, I do not judge you for your dreams. We all have some Uh really messed up dreams. Trust me, Karen does not judge. Trust me, I've sent Karen some messed up dreams and she didn't judge me. (laughs) I can vouch for that. I never judge you to your face. (laughs) (laughs) So email them to editor at paranormalunderground.net if you would like to remain anonymous. You need to, you just tell Cheryl, I want to remain anonymous. Cheryl will send it to me. She won't tell me who it is. I won't say who it is in the magazine. Cheryl will know that she's not judgy either. I am not. Don't don't feel bad, Cheryl, because you know there's probably a book out there The Dreams of Cheryl Knight. (laughs) That's the next book I'm working on. Yeah, Yeah. that would be terrifying. There you go. You're yep. a superstar. Superstar. <laughs> oh, send me your dreams, people. We need them so that we can do a dream column. Otherwise, I'm going to have to put some of my dreams in and pretend I'm an anonymous emailer. And I'm not sure that you people are ready for that. Oh, it's like Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy uh, you're not ready for that. All right. So this is the time of the show where we need to say goodnight now. Hey, we're going to be back one more week before we take two weeks off. And next week, it's Steve and Amy from The Dead Files. So we really hope you'll join us. Um, next week, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. I want to thank everybody for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on the Hazy Radio Network. Have a safe and happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. If you'd like to be on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right. It could just be something 